What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Before I go to Lindsay, that last commercial that just played, did you hear it, Cappy? The eBay Motors, the guy honking or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It reminded me of why I love occasionally just walking around the city of New York. Yesterday when I was walking around, um, I was walking down the street and you know how in New York City sometimes like, look, traffic is crazy, particularly in Midtown, you know, during, you know, uh, peak hours. So I'm walking yesterday afternoon. I'm heading back towards the uh, the studio, and there's a, a bunch of cars taking like this red light, and you know there's people in the crosswalk ready to cross. So this one guy in front of me, like, kind of like, what's the phrase I'm looking for? He was just being kind. Of, I don't want to say he was being a jerk, but he was just kind of like condescending to this one last truck. Like after five cars had gone through the red light mm-hmm. and he just kind of like waved him through like, oh, go ahead, buddy. I guess we'll just all have to wait for you. You know what I mean? Like he just that's what he didn't say anything. He just kind of waved his hand like kind of dismissively. Mm-hmm. And the truck driver is like this heavier set, like white dude with the most New York of New York accents, like goes through and is like he looks at him and he goes. Hey, bleep hole, give me a bleeping break here. And it was just like, that is the most New York moment right. you could have. It's right, right over here. Eh? Yeah. It's right over yeah. here. I'm hey. right. And that's exactly you his response. Hey. hey, bleep hole, give me a freaking break here, okay? Freaking and he didn't say freaking, obviously. Yeah. Give me I a bleeping break here, bleep hole. Anyway, that commercial reminded me of that. All right, Lindsay, what do you got? <laughs> All right, so if you're planning on going swimming this weekend or to the beach, you got to be careful because the L.A. County Department of Public Health placed eight Southern California beaches under advisories for high levels of bacteria in the water, which is super gross. What beaches are those? Well, there's eight of them, and they include Malibu Point at Surfrider Beach, Mm -hmm. Santa Monica Pier in Santa Monica, Mother's Beach in Marina Del Rey, which is right by me, uh, 40th Street Extension in Manhattan Beach, Manhattan Beach Pier, Hermosa Beach Pier, Redondo Beach Pier, and Redondo Beach at Sapphire Street. Yeah, so it's basically not- the entire, like, uh, just north of the uh, airport, at, like, all through the Malibu, from Malibu all the way down, basically, to Redondo. Yeah. Like, Malibu. The, entire, the entire L.A. coastline is what you're saying. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> so they said it's not clear why there's been an elevated presence of bacteria in these beach waters, but runoff from recent rainstorms is a possible culprit, so... Yeah, don't go swimming at any of these beaches. Well, runoff, I mean, I runoff just... of what? From rainwater, from the recent yeah. rainstorms. Rainstorms? Yeah, yeah runoff rain. takes a while to get to the ocean. Oh, I was going to say, did I miss something? Yeah. Um, although, honestly, at this stage, and maybe I'm, I'm alone, but, like, I'm not going to the beach very much on September 30th. You know what I mean? Like, You've already given not... up summer's over for you? I mean, I just don't have the time. You know what I mean? Like, that's just it. Like I got I got work to do on the weekends now. Got to call games, I feel like, man. I feel like anybody who's going to like the beach and going swimming once it's less than like eighty five degrees is probably a tourist. Eighty five degrees the water or eighty five degrees the no, air temperature. No, the air temperature. Okay, all right. Yeah, because the water's never eighty five. No, yeah. I was gonna say, man, yeah. it's it, we all I mean, know it's cold. That's what I'm saying. Is- like. No, nobody that is going to the beach to like recreationally swim. Really, I mean, unless you're like a surfer or something. I feel like you know, unless it's super hot out. Yeah, I actually think I'm getting in the water tomorrow. Um, this is going to make me sound kind of cool, but it's not really as cool as it sounds. I think um, I may surf tomorrow. Now, just keep in mind, I haven't surfed in probably 15 years, and even when I surfed last time, I wasn't really surfing. I mean, it was right. just me on a board, you know. Um, but I'm going to be in Dana Point for the weekend. 
I'm going to be in uh, San Juan Capistrano. Well, you're, you're pretty far south from where Lindsay yeah, was saying. Yeah, so I'm not worried about check, the bacteria. You should check in on the bacteria anyway. I'm going to be in uh, San Juan Capistrano, so I'm looking for uh, all Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust community members to stop by if you're down in that area. I'll be at the Ohana Festival tonight. Stevie Nicks is playing. Tomorrow night, Eddie Vedder. And then I got an appetizer of pink on Tuesday, so now I may even stay up for Sunday night and stay for pink because the uh, Monday night game is obviously the Rams. So the Sunday night game, Chiefs-Bucks, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch that game rather than go to see pink. Where's pink at? She is at this Ohana Fest, oh. which is uh, the big Eddie, Fe- Eddie Vetter festival that he puts on every year. Mm. And I'll be there this weekend. Should I wanted anybody to see need- her at Yama- Yamaba or whatever the casino. Oh, yeah. Right. But it sold out. If anybody needs me, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be where I'm at. Okay. We know where to find you then. Yeah. I mean, George, you're going to be at the Coliseum tomorrow calling a game, so we know where you're going to be. I am, yes. And I'm going to be in uh, That one San probably Juan. will get away from, uh, from everybody pretty early. I would say get there early because uh, you may be leaving early because I don't think it's going to be that close. Mm-mm, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. I do want to tell you about this Lakers situation. So, Linz, you saw the story. That AD, so AD said that LeBron wants to now make him the number one option, right? Like that, enough of this talk of you should be the number one option, like you got to be the number one option, right? Like that's the gist of what Anthony Davis said. Yes, apparently he told Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports uh, that LeBron has, quote, been in his ear about taking over the reins of the team while the rest of the roster would follow his lead. So that's what he said. Well, he kind of needs to be, we've talked about this cap a lot, like, at this stage, at LeBron, age 37, going to be 38 on December 30th, Anthony Davis needs to be the best player. That's kind of what they he was brought here for years ago, <laughs> to eventually be the best player and carry them at the very least during the regular season. Well, I mean, listen, again, to your point about him being 37, if, if you're LeBron, the smartest thing is, hey, AD, it runs through you, man. You know, we, we need you to be the centerpiece of what we do to get us to where we're trying to go. The whole key to it all, do I have to even finish the sentence? I mean, does everybody know exactly what I'm about to say right now? Is his health, yes. He got, you just got to stay healthy, dog. Like, I mean, he's come out now, Anthony Davis, and said, my goal is to play 82 games. Awesome. Nobody yeah. wants you to come into the regular season and go, you know what my goal is? My goal is to play about 60 games or something. No, no. Your goal is to play 82. If you can't get to 82 but you get to 72, that's pretty damn good. But this thing should run through him, and he should be positioned to be the next leader of the team. But you can't lead when you're sitting in street clothes on the bench. Yeah, 100%. And and I think that he's got the skill set. And the difference is AD is not going to be the guy that gets himself going. But LeBron is such a great facilitator that that should work. And it just puts the burden off of him just a little bit. And that's all you need is just to keep him as fresh as possible, at the, especially at this stage of his career. So when they get down to the nitty gritty and, you know, in theory, they're in the playoffs, LeBron is as fresh as humanly possible to give them at least a puncher's chance in a series. I hope it all works out this year. I mean, I. I... OK, but I go ahead. Do you have well, something else the, to add to that? Because, the, I, yeah, here, because when you said I hope it works out this year. Yeah. I already have reservations about okay. one thing. But but here's what I want to say. That I love it when the whole world has no belief in you and you're the only people that believe and then you go prove all the doubters wrong by actually doing what everybody says you can't do. So, like, I'm rooting for that to be the story. 
Sure. Look, I again, if they're good, it's good for business here. And at the end of the day, I root for that. I root for good for business, no matter what. But I do have reservations. Okay? You want to hear what these reservations are? When you say reservations, are we talking about like dinner tonight somewhere? No, no, not dinner tonight. Dinner tonight's going to be very basic today. We're just doing a little okay. grilled chicken, you know, like nothing. Reservations great. at like a nice hotel somewhere? You're going no, away no, for a weekend? No, no, reservations about... Darvin Ham telling Dave McMiniman in the media today about his starting lineup. Oh, sorry. My mind was elsewhere because, you know, I'm going away to visit my daughter next week for a parents weekend. And, George, I went to make reservations today at a hotel. There's not a hotel room to be found in, in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, I'm pretty sure weekend. because you probably waited till the last second. I completely procrastinated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you realize on parents weekend, that means all the parents are going to go, not just you. No, I didn't realize that because this is my first one and I thought it's Boise and I thought, well, geez, I'm sure there's plenty of hotels. I mean, what's the big deal, right? And then now I've come to find out that I've been completely shut out. So what so, are you going to do? Um, I, I called in a Hey King favor. I did. You got a Hey King. You you did a Hey King favor for someone. You're calling it back in. I called a Hey King favor. You're you're, you're getting you're getting the reciprocation for a Hey King favor. I called in a Hey King, and I said I said to a King, I said Hey King, I said um you in town next weekend? Because I know one guy who lives in Boise. He got a really nice place. I'm like you in town next weekend? He's like no, I'm actually in LA. I'm like perfect. He's like why? I go because I'm coming to town. He goes wait, are you asking me if you want to hang out next? I'm like no, I was hoping that you were going to not be there. He's like why? I'm like because can I can I crash at your crib? He's like, yeah, me casa, su casa. Don't rent a car. You use my car. So I called in a Hey King favor, and now, just like that, rather than stressing about getting a reservation, back to the word reservation, and rather than paying two fifty dollars a night for a hotel, pre-tax, got myself a pad. <laughs> hey, King. <laughs> Give a favor, get a favor. It's the way it works, George. You are Latino somewhere, man. Oh, big time. <laughs> <laughs> I have Latino somewhere. Um, so right, reservations. You have reservations. reservations about the starting lineup. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, please. All right. I'm going to start with the uh, the front court. Okay. Okay. All right. No problem with the front court. Okay. Let me hear what front you Front court is out of St. Vincent, St. Mary in his 20th season, LeBron James. <sighs> okay. Um. I don't know what year AD's in, but let's just say, uh, for argument's sake, out of his uh, 10th season uh, at the University of Kentucky, Anthony Davis. <sighs> Where did Damian Jones go to college? I don't remember. Uh, like Wake Forest or someplace, maybe? That sound right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just making it up. Vanderbilt. I was close. I was so close. It, you know what? That's actually not that terrible. Yeah. Like, Wake Forest to Vanderbilt is not a huge leap, so right. I will give you that. All right, thank you. Um, all right, so then the next one was, uh, you know, seven feet tall at center uh, from Vanderbilt in his sixth season, Damian Jones. Not hearing the cheering out of me. Wait, what? You got to get a little, at least an applause for him. Golf clap. Clap, clap. Golf not, clap. Not even, no, no. At, at Crypto.com Arena, they are absolutely giving him some applause there. No, they're not going to boo him. You know what they're going to do? They're going to hoo him. Hoo. <laughs> Damian Jones. What are you Jones. talking about? Come on. Damian Jones is a starter. Come on. I'm not. This is so far. This is not my starting lineup. Okay. So anyway, um, and then we're back and then now we're ready for the backcourt. You ready? Okay. I'm ready in the backcourt. Number zero in his 16th season out of UCLA. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> 
Brody, 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 Brody. Hardcore no. Big cheers for me, baby. Big cheers. <laughs> Leading the Brody chants. <sighs> All right. And then uh, I don't even know what number he's this dude is wearing. But, Who that? Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Oh, I do know. I do know what number. And then uh, starting at the other guard position, number 12 in his fifth season out of the University of Oakland in Michigan, Kendrick Nunn. You get a little clap. That's all you got. That's it. That's all you got. Sounded like some snaps instead of claps. Yeah, that yeah. Didn't sound like clap. yeah. yeah. Not, um, not getting a big cheer out of me on that one. Yes. And by the way, it was Oakland University, not the University of Oakland. Uh, so here's my problem. Okay, with this lineup. Now you have a problem with Damian Jones. It seems like I have no issue with Damian Jones. Actually, I just hope that Damian Jones has a lot of fouls to give, because if Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn are going to be your starting backcourt. This is not me being hyperbolic. This now again, I haven't studied exactly everybody's backcourt at the moment, you know, but after the first preseason game today in Japan, but I'm guessing that will be near the top if not the worst defensive backcourt in the NBA. Hmm. Well, um let let us know when you've studied everybody else's backcourt so you can give us fair analysis on whether or not it oh, is I the will. worst. I will. I mean, there, there will come that time where that will happen. But you like that starting five? I mean, if I said to you, give me your starting five, is that who I you would, would come up Beverly with? I would put Beverly in there over none. That's just me. And Damian, if I had Jones, my he's, Damian Jones is your starter? He, he's on the floor to start the game? Um, yeah, I don't have a huge problem with Damian Jones starting. Like, it, the center position is just a guy who's going to block shots and rebound the ball like it's not you know i'd still start anthony davis at center he does not want to start at center How many i'm times so have we had this tired of hearing about what he wants it's not about what you want it's about what we need All right, let, let's talk further about this on the other side we're back in two minutes this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I don't know why National Chewing Gum Day made me just laugh so much. Like it came from out of nowhere. Let's make love tonight. Hit it. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Do it right. Mm. Such a good song. Mm -hmm. This song transcends any era. I don't care if it is 100 years from now. This song will be good. Because okay. when I get this feeling, I want sexual healing. Uh. Why'd you call it se- smeshual yeah, healing what? or whatever you said there? 
Do you remember the movie Coming to America? Let's give it up for my band, Section of Chocolate. Why'd you put an M in there, though? They didn't. Section of no Chocolate. In there. Yeah, no. Still no M. Not even in Sexual Chocolate. That boy good. That boy got talent. Did you see they're making a, a, a Beverly Hills Cop 4? Did we talk about that on this show? I don't think we did. I yeah. think like we were going to. We never got to it. Yeah. I'm curious to see, because after the Coming to America sequel, I'm, I have reservations. Much like I have reservations about this Lakers lineup. <laughs> well, at least with Beverly Hills Cop 4, they're bringing the entire cast back together. You know, They're bringing yeah. back Taggart and uh, what was the other guy's name? Judge Reinhold, what was his character's name? Uh, uh, Taggart and... Andy. Uh, Andy? No. No, Taggart and, um, oh gosh. I only know Taggart because I know John Ashton, the actor who plays Taggart. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold What's, on. Uh, Taggart Billy. 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 Billy was his name, Judge mm -hmm. Reinhardt. Yep. Yeah, bringing yeah. back the entire crew. My Beverly Hills Cop 2 is actually really good. I remember Billy had like this uh, crazy uh, fetish for like, uh, <laughs> like all sorts of like artillery and they got to his house and they're like, <laughs> and Eddie Murphy was like, Man, bleep Rambo! What do you got going on over here? <laughs> they should bring back. They should bring back Serge, the guy from the art gallery. They the are Bronson oh, really? Pinchot. No, really, they are. They are. Yeah, a little lemon twist yeah. for Achwell Foley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little they are lemon twist. Okay, cool. From the original, yes. <laughs> All right, um, but that, yeah. So I, got, I want to see that, but I do have reservations because I'm worried. I'm worried. It needs to be rated R. If it's not rated R, we're in trouble. That was yeah. should have been a tell-all sign for Coming to America too when it was PG-13. I didn't hate his, uh, Coming to America too as much as everybody else did, mm. just to be clear. Mm. I mean, everybody else hated it. I was I, like, dude, it was it's 30 tough. years later. It was tough. I mean, I think tough. that uh, Top Gun 2 or whatever, Maverick. Top was Gun 2 was great. It was better. You know, like, it's like, okay, compare these two movies from 30 years ago yeah. and compare that what happened, what they pulled off. Later. Yeah, uh, Maverick was better than Coming to America Part 2. But I didn't hate Coming to America Part 2 as much as everybody else. I don't think I hated it, but I didn't love it. I didn't like it either, though, let's say, if we're being honest. All right, so... I mean, I only saw it once, so... So, Kendrick Nunn... You, so, let's get back to finishing this conversation we are having. So, Darvin Ham today said to reporters that his starting five right now would be Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, Damian Jones, LeBron, and AD. Mm -hmm. I have zero issue with Damian Jones. I feel like Damian mm -hmm. Jones is actually the perfect center for this lineup to play alongside AD. He doesn't need the ball... He's going to finish at the rim uh, on, you know, diving to the basket. He's going to block shots. He's going to rebound really well. He's a good finisher around the basket. All that stuff is important. And he's way more athletic than what Dwight Howard was last year. He's probably f closer to the JaVale McGee model uh, from a few years ago. So I got zero issue with him. And he's a pretty good well, defender. Let me ask you this. But let me ask you this question. You ready? If yeah. I said to you... Take your top five players, just but your best you five start, players. Who do you want to start then? Like if I told you, all right, Cappy, you're Coach Cappy, yep, and you're on the staff, okay? Mm -hmm. You're you're mm -hmm. in the front row of assistants with Darvin Ham, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you get to be Darvin's guy, okay? Yep. Um, so you tell me who are your five: Russ, Patrick Beverly, LeBron, AD. And maybe I would go with um, Austin Reeves because I just want somebody out there who's just a balls-to-the-wall hustler, somebody who's going to dive all over the place and give me everything he's got. Um, I just want my best five guys, you know? And I, I feel like look, maybe Damian Jones is what you just said he is. Maybe he is the perfect center for this group of guys. Maybe he is. I personally would love to see AD play the center position. 
It drives me absolutely insane when I hear he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play the center position. Are you a team guy or are you a you guy? If we, the team, need you to play the center position, please play center. But who are the guys then? Who are you starting then? AD, LeBron, Russ, Patrick Beverly, and my fifth guy, it could be Toscano Anderson. I could take Austin Reeves. I mean, I could take a group of guys. The the four guys that I want on the floor to start, Russ, Bev, LeBron, AD, and I'm open to suggestions on, on number five. Yeah, no, I got no problem with Damian Jones. I actually just think that Kendrick Nunn is a much better player off the bench because Kendrick Nunn, and I know that uh, Kobe Forever at LeBrow land uh, just tweeted in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust a screenshot that says Kendrick Nunn was highly regarded defensively, though, question mark, at Sedano. And it's a screenshot that says scouts rave about Kendrick Nunn's defense. Scouts love his toughness and think he could be a factor on that side of the ball. Um, And I'm like, maybe five years ago, (laughs) like... He was not, um, he's not a good defender. Like, he's a guy that gets steals, but steals are not reflective of being a good defender. I watched that guy play every single game that he played when he was with the Heat, okay? Whether I saw it live or I saw it later. Because I pretty much watch, and Cappy, I've told you this, I watch almost every game in the NBA. I'll watch it back during the day. Now, as time goes by and teams are not good, I start eliminating them from my rotation. So, like, basically the Orlando Magic, I may watch them for, like, a week or two. Um, and then that's it. When you it. say you watch every game, if there are, let's just say there are 15 games in a night. I'll watch, like, the 30-minute versions of them. Oh, okay, gotcha. Not, like, the entire two-hour versions of them. No, no. No. Well, that's, that's dedication, my friend. Well, I got to know what I'm talking about because I on, on the sideline gig and on and on the play-by-play gig, too, I'm going to do a lot of different teams. So I got to be ready. I'll be watching the Laker games just so everybody knows. No, you don't care about anything else. I'm just glad no, we got I, you to like, the, yeah. like watching no, no. the Laker games. No, I will watch the Lakers, and that'll be my basketball. Yeah. Not gonna, I'll be watching the Lakers and who the Lakers play. Yeah. I'm not going to be doing advanced scouting. You yeah. know, Kendrick Nunn is not a good defender. You hear that? Again, My man Sedano says, not a good defender, coach. I, I, I'll i tell you that maybe he can be like, he's too small, first of all. Let's start there. He gets picked on in the pick and roll. He, he's not good at defending that. Like, honestly, when he was with, I'm te- Laker fan, I am telling you this with a thousand percent transparency. The biggest issue when he was the point guard of the Heat that year, he averaged 16 points or those couple years that he played well. He was fine on that team because he had four guys around him that were good defenders. That's not the case with this team. He's going to be in a backcourt. Russell Westbrook, for God's sake. Like, what are we talking about here? Their their biggest issue when, when he was there was that he got picked on and they, they needed someone better at the point of attack, which is why they went and got Kyle Lowry that could defend the point of attack. So now you got two guys that can't defend the point of attack. What do you think Darvin Ham's going to think when he hears this? I mean, I'd love to have a conversation with him about him here, mm-hmm. understand what his thought is there. Let's now, my on. guess is Beverly will be the first sub in for okay. none, mm-hmm. is my guess, or for Westbrook, one or the other, but that's the only thing I can think of because this is yeah. that's not a good backcourt defensively, not at all. All I'm saying is I just want my best five players on the court, seriously, and if it means that... Yeah, but that's that at AD, the end of games. That's when you well, want your best just, five. Listen, I'm just saying, when if, if it means AD has to play center, play center. If it means LeBron has to play, you know, up top rather than, you know, bringing the ball up the court, then have LeBron play that small forward position. I, I just, for me, 
play your best guys. Your your point about them being on the floor at the end of the game, fine. Then then maybe starting doesn't matter as much as it used to at one point. You right, I mean? but you don't want to start in behind the eight ball with a bad defensive unit. That to me is a bigger problem. All I'm that's all I'm saying is this. Maybe it's a very simplistic way of looking at it. Give me your best five guys to start the game. Hit me with your best shot. Bam, 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 bam. Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Hit me with your best shot. Bop, bop, bop. Fire away. Radio Tinder is next. That is really solid. Really, really good. Thanks, Christopher. All right, so uh, Lionsgate is bringing forth the highly anticipated film called 48 Hours in Vegas, which is centered on Dennis Rodman's infamous two days in Sin City during the 1998 NBA Finals. Actor Jonathan Majors has been eyed to possibly take on the role in the movie, which the ex-NBA star Rodman will executive produce. According to Deadline, Majors is still early in talks about the role. He's known for his roles in Lovecraft Country, White Boy Rick, and The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Do you guys think that Jonathan Majors is the best guy for the role of Dennis Rodman? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, I don't. I know some of his work, and the work that I've seen is excellent. Um, so I'm not surprised that he would get chosen for a very complicated role, in my estimation, by the way. Because Dennis Rodman is a very complicated character to play. So you need an actor with some real depth. And I think that I, I like that choice because of it. I'm kind of with you. I, I don't really, really know his work well enough to know if he's the right choice or the wrong choice. I also don't really know what's so complicated about playing Dennis Rodman partying for two nights in the middle of the playoffs. Well, because Cappy, there's probably a lot of demons in his head. And you have to be able to play that and portray that in a way that uh, makes sense. Oh, okay. I thought it was just a guy without demons just going out partying like a maniac for two days. I didn't realize it was that deep. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's like a lot more to the storyline than that that they're going to explore, you know? Hmm. Perhaps, yeah. You would think. How tall is this gentleman? Uh, let me look it up I, here. I don't know, but I mean, the guys on Winning Time weren't like the same height as Kareem and Magic, you know? No, but they did kind of, they, they made me believe that they were kind of tall guys. Okay. You know? So I, either either he's tall and he looks like he's really tall and he really looks like Rodman, or he's like six feet tall and everybody around him has to be like five feet tall. It doesn't say like any, anywhere that I can find easily how tall he is, so I'll look it up. I'll look it up afterwards. I'll tell you this much. I don't really care who the lead actor is. I actually think the storyline sounds fascinating to me. I mean, the only part of it I really, really know is what Michael Jordan talked about in his doc. I mean, the story I kind of know, but I mean, I'd like to know a lot more. So well, the story itself, the story itself sounds really interesting to me. I'll tell you that regardless of who plays him. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it for sure. All right, so next one, Trevor Noah has announced that he is departing The Daily Show. He broke the news last night on his show. The comedian took over hosting duties on The Daily Show from Jon Stewart in September of 2015. He did not provide a time frame for when his last show will be, only saying that he'll figure out the timings and the whens and that he'll still be there for the time being. Under Noah, the show has earned six Emmy nominations and one Emmy win. So instead of having you guys swipe, I wanted to ask if you could think of someone that would be a good host of The Daily Show once Trevor Noah leaves. So The Happy? Daily Show usually gets someone like John Stewart was not John, the John Stewart we know when he took over The Daily Show. He was a comedian who had been 
uh, had some roles in movies and occasionally on TV. Like he was kind of a, uh, a, a, a good comic, but not like somebody that was like renowned across the board. You know what I mean? Well, so but moreover, remember this. Don't, don't you remember when Stewart's like first foray into hosting was a show that followed up like David Letterman and it failed miserably. Correct. Yeah. Um, and Trevor Noah was a stand-up comic. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I think that they'll probably find someone that we haven't heard of. And the people that just produced that show are so good that it will it will work itself out. But look, like anything, it took Trevor. And I remember having this conversation. Uh, because at the beginning, Trevor was doing the show, and it was you could tell it was a little awkward. You know, he didn't have the television chops at the time. But then I also found out that um, from someone who works on the show that I'm friendly with who told me the biggest problem at the beginning was that it was like they hired a new coach, but they made him keep the old coordinators. Yeah. So the old writers that were still there writing, that you were used to writing for John, were trying to write for Trevor. And eventually mm -hmm. Trevor got the ability to hire his own coordinators, let's call it, right? And then the show took off. Then the pandemic hit. And then obviously all those shows kind of uh, cratered to some extent. But yeah, the show is funny. Like I think he's gr he grew into the role. He did a really good job. I saw him perform live uh, at Staples a number of years ago, pre-pandemic. And he was really funny. So I, I'm, I'm, look, Comedy Central has always found a really good host for that show. So I, I would imagine they'll find a good host. And I, if I had to guess, this is a reckless speculation on my part, Cappy. You ready? Really? This is reckless about a TV show hosting job? Yeah, I think that Trevor may end up taking the James Corden job when Corden leaves in a few months. It actually fascinates me that these guys leave these jobs. You know, like Carson was there forever. Letterman was there forever. Leno fought to get his show back. Conan O'Brien's been at it forever. Like, you get one of these kinds of late-night shows. I mean, uh, what's the guy? what are their guys' names now? Um, Seth something or other and Jimmy something or other and then Jimmy Kimmel. So you got Kimmel. What's the other guy's name? The other Jimmy. Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy and then what's Fallon the other guy? Seth. The what's show, what's yeah. the Seth, Seth guy's Myers. name? Seth Myers. Seth Myers does so like, the late night on like, NBC. So most of these guys get these shows, and they never want to give them up. And I wouldn't want to give them up either, even though I'm sure they're it's quite a grind. But yeah, but Gordon, Colbert gave up his show on Comedy Central and eventually got the Letterman slot. So yeah. that that's an upgrade. So, but like Corden leaving, which I think he's really great, and I but I never see his show. Right, but and you see it all on YouTube or that's on, exactly clips, right. on social yeah. media, which and, is and, big too. And this show that we're talking about, uh, the the Daily Show, I, I have never seen an episode. I didn't watch it when John Stewart was the host. I haven't watched it when this this gentleman is is the host. I don't know his comedy career of any kind. Like it's just not even on my radar to watch these kinds of shows. Do you guys watch this stuff? I, no. I used to watch The Daily Show regularly when it was John and Trevor for a while. And then in the pandemic, when everybody was doing shows from home, that was just so hard. The only one of those shows that I watched when people were doing it from home that was I thought was still close to being what that show was um, was John Oliver. Um, and it's a really a testament to John Oliver how, how incredibly talented he is. Uh, not that all those guys aren't incredibly talented, but how much more talented he is. Uh, than than anyone else at what he does because it didn't feel like I lost a ton even when when the height of the pandemic when he was doing the show from home. Gosh, but, I am like I'm missing out, man. I, I I literally watch sports and occasionally some news, and then if you guys get me into some see, kind of see, but if series, you watch those shows, you can get the news and you just get it in a in a different presentation. Yeah, I just don't watch them. I mean, I really don't.
Yeah. I don't really right. watch them either, Cappy, but I see all the clips online. That, like anything that's good, I feel like it's gonna show up somewhere on Twitter or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I if I'm gonna make a bold prediction, I think that uh, Trevor takes over for Corden because it's all owned by the same company. It's Comedy Central and CBS. Yeah. All right, last one here. So while the CIA is not generally known for dealing with ancient animals, the agency is one of the multiple entities that are financially backing Colossal Biosciences, which is trying to bring the woolly mammoth back from extinction. So Intel in QTEL, which is a, a publication, they published a post last week that said, quote, why the interest in a company like Colossal, which was founded with a mission to de-extinct the woolly mammoth and other species? Well, strategically, it's less about, less about the mammoths and more about the capability. The company also said that it's going to try to resurrect the thylacine or the Tasmanian tiger, which is a wolf-like marsupial that was driven to extinction by overhunting in the early 20th century. So do you guys want to see... A real-life woolly mammoth or a Tasmanian tiger brought back from extinction. Swipe left or swipe right. Cappy. Uh, I'm swiping left. And I love the way you just said it. That they're not, it's not really so much that they feel like the earth needs a woolly mammoth. It's not that we need it. It's that we just want to see if we can actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. That that's their uh, motive behind it. Yeah. So, no, I don't really have... Um, a whole lot of interest in it, and I don't really see what the value of it is. What is the value of bringing back the woolly mammoth? To see if they can. Does the Earth need a woolly mammoth? Can the Earth survive without one? I don't know, but then they're going to start getting into dinosaurs and... Oh, that's more. That's definitely what we need. No, that I, that's... A, I, I, I don't know. Um... Don't you think that's where this is headed, though? Like, if you bring back a woolly mammoth, you might as well, they're going to start talking. No, about I, I don't think we need to bring back the, yeah, a dinosaur, though. Like, you don't I, think honestly, we need Tyrannosaurus Rexes running around, George? No, no, I think you we're sure good. about that. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Well, Cappy, you don't even believe that dinosaurs were really real, do you? It's not that I don't believe that dinosaurs were real. It's just that I'm not positive that Pompeii happened the way, you know, they sell it to me. That's yeah. all. And by the way, like, my my issue with this is, like, the original habitat of where the woolly mammoth um, mm. was. What is that? Is no What's longer the original habitat? Yeah, there is no no habitat for this it particular was animal age. anymore. Yeah, it's based too, on the way the earth looks today. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I, I'm against it just based on that, which means you're going to put this animal, we're going to bring this animal back in theory, and it's going to be in a um, in an unnatural habitat, and I think that could be disastrous. How big do you think a woolly mammoth is compared to an elefante? I'm guessing the woolly mammoth is probably at least a couple times bigger than an elefante. I'm guessing. I don't know, you know. Woolly Mammoth shows up and he's like, damn, it's hot as hell here, man. Back in the old days, used to be nice and cool. Now, yeah. what the hell happened to this place? It's Just because hot. we can doesn't mean we should, people. Just saying. Tell him, Laura. You tell Just him. Just saying. Correct. I'm taking the challenge of bringing the Woolly Mammoth back. because Apparently, that's the, the Woolly Mammoth is not much bigger than an elephant. Oh, really? Yeah. They say that the recorded tusk length of a Woolly Mammoth is 16 feet, while the tusk length of an African elephant is 11 feet. Yeah. Do we have elephants on the earth? Yes. Yes. Do we need woolly mammoths to go with elephants? I mean, we have I a version. I don't think so. No. Don't, yeah. Let me just see it on Ice Age, okay? That's yeah, but listen, it's like dinosaurs. I've got House of the Dragon. I don't need real dinosaurs. I got dragons. I don't know. I kind of want to, like, see an actual dinosaur, like, in person. Go to a museum. Yeah. I know. I do. And I, I just, I'm fascinated with, like, it's so fascinating to, like, go to a museum and see all that and be like, wow, these things were really real. Look how big their footprints are. It's crazy. 
they belong in museums. Yep. I like science. I'm a nerd. So do I, girl, but I don't want a big old T-Rex trying to eat me. I'm good. They could bring back like a Triceratops, you know? They're they're herbivores. They seem like they're pretty chill. Which ones are they? The, the Triceratops. They're it's so like huge. the one, the ones with the long like the, neck and the big no, body no. and then the long tail. Little no, that's foot. like a, a Brontosaurus. Oh, it's a Brontosaurus? Yeah, the Triceratops has like the crown-looking head. And they only eat leaves and trees and plants. I don't remember that movie, Land Before Time. Little Foot. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Love that movie. Yeah. All right, that is Radio Tinder each and every day at 5.30, presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, award-winning small-batch premium Sydney tequila made from the finest mature agaves, available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and do what we do. Demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. So, Cappy, we're going to get – let's get into USC on the other side because I feel like this thing can get ugly quickly, but I do think that there is something to be said – um, there is some value to this game. That's that's what I'll say. And we'll add to that in the conversation coming up next. The way Chris said CD player, I, I honestly, I thought it was like an NFL player, like CD Lamb. <laughs> he wasn't like, hey, you know, CD player. He was like, CD player. Yeah. That guy can ball out. Show, Show me, me that you want you me. me. <laughs> Tell me, baby. baby. Come on now. What you got? I love this song. I know this whole song. Me too, man. Baby. Fast. I still believe. Still believe. Oh, come on, Lindsay. I know you know it. Me oh, I know it, but I can't sing. Hit me, baby, one, one more, more time. time. Cappy just loves... That Lindsay told him about Britney Spears' Instagram, and yeah, I, um, he's on it true. all the time. Yeah, except for one thing. Like, the other day, she had this video where she was doing these dance moves, and I was like, you know, Britney, you are like a professional singer and dancer, and this particular dance just doesn't look like you know how to dance. It looked very like Elaine from seinfeld Like the twirls. She always does the twirls. Yeah. And she's just... I love how you... Yeah. You, the, oh, the, oh, yeah. You say it. Go ahead. You, the person who we mocked trying to dance. Not trying. Not trying. Okay. Is going to mock Britney Spears. Not mock. Not mock. Or even criticize Britney Spears. It's not about really her criticism. Dancing. It's just, it's just I'm, I'm an analyst. You know, I'm a dance analyst at times. <laughs> and um, sometimes I can see Britney dancing and I'm like, you know what? That's pretty good. And then there are other times I can see Britney dancing and I'm like, not so good. It's no different than watching basketball. Sometimes it's like, hey, these guys really look good tonight. And then other times, they look like crap. So in Britney's case, sometimes she got moves, and other times it's like, girlfriend, what are you doing? Mm. That's legit criticism right there, George. That's, that's, like, that's like studying and analyzing and film and breaking it down is what that is. And, and how do you, what do you know about dancing? I know what I like. No. <laughs> well, that's different. I just, I'm telling you, go look at her most recent dance, the one that I saw a couple days ago. Not good. Not a good okay. dance. Now I'm going to go on the Instagram. Yeah, go check it out, will you? Let's see. I did not know Corporate Greg had Corporate a, Greg. Had a burner. Corporate Greg is a burner? Corporate Greg's Peloton. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I but know that's that. not really him, right? Oh, no, 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 no. But I'm saying, like, you know how everybody has a burner? I feel like everybody here has some sort of fan, make, like, listener, make a burner. I don't know. Greg had one. I don't I know. The burner account is like when you have your own account that nobody knows about and it's secretive. I think that's initially like what it is. 
but here, I think the other like ones are called station. parody accounts. Well, they call them right? burners here. No, that's definitely not a burner. A burner is like yeah. what KD used to have. Yeah, it's a it's a fake, fake secret account that people don't know who you are. <laughs> KD definitely had the burners that he got caught on. Since we're talking about definitions of things, someone explain to me because I'm clearly not in touch with the definition of this. What is gaslighting? Just when you like rev somebody up, basically. That's what gaslighting is. Yeah, when you're just you're throwing fire into the equation, like you're just you're throwing more gas on somebody. So it it depends, Cap. Um, there's that definition. There's like when I was going to school and we talked about it in psychology, there's a gaslighting like in relationships and in friendships and it's different. Well, it's what's ma- gas- it's like manipulating people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure because sometimes um, a particular human being that's rarely a part of my life other than like once a month when that person needs money, um, that person will tell me that I'm gaslighting him or her. Don't want to say who it is, but you might be able to figure it out on your own. Mm. Um, I don't, every time that person tells me that I'm gaslighting, I'm like, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means to, to know if I'm doing it or not. So They're probably, you're not the gaslighter, they are, but they're trying to throw it on you and that's usually what they do. Oh, okay, gotcha. And kinda, it's kind of like saying like, if someone's like, hey, I need money for this and you say like, no, you really don't need money for that. And you kind, it's kind of like you throwing back their request or whatever statements back in their face and saying no that's not really the case it's it's like a it's a form of like mental manipulation uh-huh that you hear it a lot by from like therapists hmm. it's hard for me to know if i'm doing it if i don't know what it means well, is all i'm getting at yeah it's it's just like a form of manipulation okay all i'll right. share a book with you it's really good i'll send it later all right thank you for that mm-hmm. need that book i got to happy yeah Anyway, George, you were about to talk to us about I'm looking USC. at Britney Spears' Instagram. Where's this video you're talking about? I don't know. I got to go find it myself. <laughs> She's known for deleting them, too. Uh-huh. Like She'll, she'll like post videos and things, and then she'll delete them after the fact when people yep. make fun of them. You know why? Because you're exactly right. She's probably like, you know what? This one stunk, and and Scott's probably not going to like it, and he's my biggest fan. Oh, okay, because she knows you exist. Okay. You know? She's probably like, oh, my man Cappy talks about me all the time yeah, on 710. I, I, there's a couple of videos of... of uh, oh, wait a second. This might be the one I was talking about. Which one is she, What is she wearing? Just it's right the now. one where she's wearing like the yellow thing. Yeah, I just saw it. Eh, it's not very good. I mean, it's not like anything other than like a quick little dance routine. You know what I mean? Like it's probably something that she did in a concert that the choreographer had her and the dancers do for like literally 20 seconds. But it's not, it's not bad. Well, I'm a dance and expert again, now, George. you are the one criticizing her. Like, I, what are we doing here? I'm a dance expert. Oh and, you know, you can try and down on my dance expertise, but make no mistake. I know what I'm doing when it comes to dancing. I know what's good and I know what's not so good. Okay. This was not one of Britney's best. Okay. I take mean, it that... from somebody who follows everything that Britney does on Instagram. Take it yeah. from me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, USC did not give their... Well, Caleb Williams did not have his best game last week. Uh, still found a way to win the game when it mattered the most. And On I, the road, in the conference. in a tough pl- At a tough place to play. And you and I talked about that a lot last week where we were kind of like... When people were down on them a little bit, we were like, no, that's a good win. Now, this week, I do think that this is one of those moments that I do think this is going to be a blowout. Like, this thing can be... 
42 to nothing at halftime. But I think that there's positives you can take out of that. And number one, to me, the most obvious thing is you get to give your second and third string guys some real run in a game like that. Because I think that if that game is a blowout and it's like 40-something to nothing after the first drive or two in the third quarter, just get everybody out of there. And yeah, just you, go. Better, you better study up as the play-by-play guy, pal. You better have a depth oh, yeah. chart of three or four deep, and you better know something about everybody. I do. I have. I am. I do have everybody. I mean, you might see two or three quarterbacks play. You yeah. might see 9, 10, 11, 12 Old wide Miller receivers. Old play, yeah. You see a lot of it's guys. Old, you see a lot of guys that maybe even like USC has a plan to redshirt this year. But you know they they can still get him in a couple, play of games. a couple games, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they're they're you know the true freshmen guys that are that are part of this recruiting class this year. I'm telling you, George, as the play by play guy, you're gonna have a lot of names to talk about that are probably not the top guys. No, certainly, like you said later in the game, particularly in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, I mean, they've got it. If you look at this team. This USC team, I mean, we talk a lot about Caleb Williams and him being a magician, but they've got a good stable of running backs. I mean, the, the transfer of Travis Dye from Oregon to USC definitely helped in a big, big way. But, you know, your guy Jordan Addison is obviously a big component to it. You know, they got Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan, right? Mario Williams, who transferred with Caleb from Oklahoma. They've got a good group of receivers, and there's kind of their next group of receivers, like a Taj Washington, who was like more of their primary guy last year. Uh, or one of their primary guys. Now he's kind of like their fourth receiver, which is what honestly he should be on a really good team. So they they've they're on offense, they're really good. Defensively, I still have my worries about them. Not in this game, um, but I, I do have um some I do think they'll be they'll face some challenges against Washington State and, and particularly Utah. But we we talked about the kid, we raved about the Gentry kid last week. Eric Gentry was like six foot, uh, you know, six. The, the or middle whatever. linebacker, that's that six, six. Linebacker. He, he transferred from, yeah. from Arizona State. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and, and look, um, Tui Pelotu is, is a really good player. He might be their best defensive player, period. So they've got guys, um, and they've got some young guys in the secondary that play well. So, you know, I, I think a lot of guys will get run in this game. And to me, that's a benefit. Like, if I'm a USC fan, I'm like, yeah, I want to see those guys get some run. Look, first and foremost, um, this game should be over by halftime. And if it's not over by halftime, that's actually not a good thing because uh, Arizona right. State's terrible. Right, then you got to wonder. Yes, right. a little Ar- yeah. Arizona State's terrible. The program is in a disastrous place. Yeah. They've fired their coach you know, right after a game, a guy who's a very famous football coach, et cetera, et cetera. They lost, like, I don't know, 15 guys to the transfer portal. I mean, Arizona State is a legitimate disaster right now. So this game should be over by halftime and start playing other dudes. I mean, They're this is a, a great opportunity. Phenomenal disaster. Hey, listen, this is actually a good weekend, though, of college football. I mean, it starts tonight with this UCLA-Washington game. And then otherwise, just around the conference, George, Oregon State against Utah. I think that's an interesting game because for all the talk about yeah. what Utah is, Oregon State impressed me, I know, for me last week. Yeah, I think Utah's going to smoke them this weekend. Uh, we'll see, obviously. Um, Oregon is playing Stanford. We mentioned USC and Arizona State. I mean, it's a good weekend in it the is. Pac-12. And then good, just, by now, the way, there's not any ranked teams playing each other, but the matchups are still pretty good. I'm with you. But if you're just a pure college football fan, like yeah. this weekend, Clemson number 5 against North Carolina State number 10 in the ACC, which is a game I like a lot I'm going to be watching. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a couple, there's one other game that's, oh, I think it was like Kentucky against Ole Miss, which is another you know SEC yeah. two-ranked team. So, I love Saturday afternoons and watching college football. And hope I hope I get a lot in tomorrow. Uh, 
We'll see if Rachel allows Cappy to watch college football. We'll have yeah. more on that coming up next.